20th century English writer and philosopher G.K. Chesterton once succinctly captured the temptation to leave our individual crosses uncarried, saying, quote, the Christian faith has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. End quote. Wasn't the world very much taken aback several years ago by the grace of the Amish families in Pennsylvania who forgave the man who had shot 10 of their daughters, little schoolgirls, in their classroom? And that community's wholehearted commitment to eventually heal in following such an ethic as Paul lays out in Romans. Imagine a world transformed if millions of Christians refused to have enemies. Or imagine a world transformed if Millions of us refused to assume that we are right. In the face of this kind of horror that took place in that Amish community and other, many other examples I could offer like it, this is daunting. This is a daunting challenge for us to even imagine. How easy is it to say that we need to forgive as the Amish people did in Pennsylvania without sounding insensitive in cases like these? And yet, here is the text before us this morning asking us to wrestle with it. As followers, as followers of Christ, we have been taught to live a life transformed by the power of the gospel. And this week's readings describe such a spirit-led life. One short exhortation after another describes the content of Paul's better way. All of it in the spirit of the Jewish wisdom tradition and Jesus' own teaching. There is a way that is perfectly rational. Love those who treat you well. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But if we follow that logic, if we follow that logic out, we only get the results of blindness and toothlessness. Our scriptures today ask us to do something radically different. Refuse to pass the compounding negativity on. Instead, choose a way that in the short run feels much more difficult, but in the long run is so much more powerful to change the environment, to transform it, maybe even to provide a new way forward. Eugene Peterson's translation in the message 
version of the Bible gives a remarkably accessible path to the challenge Paul lays out. Peterson summarizes it this way. Love from the center of who you are. Discover beauty in everyone. Love from the center of who you are. Discover beauty in everyone. Perhaps those two lines are at the heart of the list of instructions. Because loving from the center of who we are and finding beauty in every single one of God's children would lead us to be generous and hospitable, forgiving and peaceful, humble and kind. Once again, Paul's better way contrasts with the world, with the empire of his time that surrounds him and his readers most dramatically right there in the city of Rome the seat of that empire. Peterson continues, don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. We must remember that hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. Today, as we are surrounded by a world that puts its faith more in striking back than in discovering beauty in every single one of God's children, in Rome, Long ago and in the world today, the contrary response of loving our enemy, of giving our hungry enemy food instead of bombing them, of giving our thirsty enemy a drink instead of striking them down, might confuse and confound them. However, it may also lead to their transformation, to a change of heart within them, as God works through us as we follow Jesus. Alas, we, we seem to be more conformed to the ways of this world than to the ways of the gospel, and often we're unwilling to short-circuit evil with good. Instead, we find ourselves striking back and often feel quite self-righteous as we do. And then we are tempted to call that justice, even as children starve in the world and arms manufacturers thrive. More often, we actually fuel the evil rather than doing the entirely unexpected thing in the moment of responding with love. And yet, responding in God's spirit of grace may be the only thing, the only thing that eventually transforms such actions. In his book, Strength to Love, Martin Luther King Jr. put it this way, quote, darkness, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. 
Only love can do that. End quote. When we act from a place of love, we too are transformed by God's hand at work in our lives and in our hearts. And the actions we choose can have a hand in shaping us, not in the form and image of a broken world, but in the shape of God's own dream for us, good and lovely, gracious and giving and kind. Perhaps there have been moments that you can remember and name when you or others in your life, perhaps in this church, have loved from the center of who they are. Times when you have discovered beauty in everyone. At times it may be difficult to do this, but that's the point of grace and the power we depend on from the Holy Spirit. Just deciding doesn't always cut it. It's a daily process. Choosing to pick up that cross, Jesus directs his followers to carry each day. And we are encouraged as we are reminded while human love is imperfect, that God's love is eternally patient and enduring. Now, it's difficult to read this text without social media goading us with a constant stream of updates on the political squabbles of our day. Perhaps squabbles isn't a strong enough term, as they often present as a fight to the death. No matter what our political beliefs are, we have a growing sense that the greater good is not being served by the tone and spirit of this public debate and the struggles represented beneath it. Curiously, most, if not all, of the combatants loudly claim themselves to be Christians. And while we do observe the separation of church and state, can, can we be blamed for wishing that all parties involved might read and agree on the words in this passage as guidance for the life of our larger community? Imagine that. we opened ourselves up to the Spirit of God at work in the world through us, loving one another, listening to one another, listening to one another, hoping and sharing and forgiving and not being so proud and self-righteous, instead seeking to welcome one another and the perspective of the other returning gentleness and kindness for every wrong. Might we find a new kind of triumph over evil by civility and hospitality rather than by force? Of course, it would also be a whole new way of doing things, wouldn't it? And wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to behold? Margaret Mead said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change 
can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And I would extend her insight to include that it not, it not only can change the world outside us, the world that we inhabit, but the world inside us as well. This day, may we pray for the strength to take up the cross to transform ourselves and the world in which we live. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we center ourselves this morning in the depth and clarity of the prayer that Jesus taught us as his followers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.